Hey there, faculty, administrators, and students. I've been involved in this curriculum revolution effort now for a little under a year, and the other leadership team members have been involved with this work even prior to that. So we wanted to pause the podcast for a beat. And rather than talking about a new topic this week, we want to offer a state of the state for Curriculum Revolution 22. It seems like the right time because we've reached a few milestones this past month, including approval by our faculty oversight body, the EPC, in March for the new curriculum. And we've successfully submitted this past week our curriculum and the accelerated three-year MD track program to LCME for approval. We're now moving into the more detailed EPC presentation schedule that's build team specific, and it's a little more granular. And this will occur over the late spring and summer. Build teams are populating their core topic templates in preparation for that, and build team spokespeople continue to meet with the leadership team monthly. Included in your newsletter is a visual that I want to refer to here. The organization chart for the Curriculum Revolution project shows all the various moving parts, and I'd like to offer a little update about each of them. So we'll start with the three-year MD team, which you can see represented in that beige box on the left-hand side. This group is, of course, working on our three-year MD uh, program, and they're meeting monthly at large, um, and the group's composed of residency program leadership and the various educational leaders who are interested in developing this, this opportunity for an accelerated pathway. We've partnered with internal medicine, family medicine, pediatrics, and psychiatry, and subgroups might meet more frequently um, as needed to work on the various components of this three-year project. Uh, as mentioned, a major milestone this past week was submission of our accelerated program to the LCMA for um, consideration. Some curricular decisions have already been made, um, and we're continuing to discuss what the right entry point is and collaborating with residency programs to identify where that might fall. We're also working to identify opportunities for residency clinic educational experiences in addition to simultaneously participating in the regular curriculum. The Pathways Program is the next group I want to talk about. This is represented by a blue box on the right-hand side of that org chart. They also meet at least monthly, again, with several working groups that meet more frequently. They've settled on specific pathways, and that was outlined in a prior newsletter. And they've discussed shared foundational competencies and shared foundational pathway curriculum. The next step is really pathway leader recruitment um, so that we can move forward with developing pathway-specific curriculum and developing those programs and pathways individually. The Longitudinal Progression and Assessment Team is currently reviewing NBME, ACGME, and AAMC um, health system science guidelines to identify areas that are essential to medical education and that now might not be currently reflected in our UMMS competencies or in the AAMC EPAs. It's anticipated that important content, content that's not yet connected to our own competencies will be linked here. This process should allow for future development of a longitudinal and holistic assessment process that reflects our three pillars and aligns with national standards and is part of the continuum to residency training and beyond. As for the individual build team updates, there's lots of variation going on here. Some teams are meeting weekly, others are meeting monthly. Some teams are actively populating their schedules and core topic templates. Build teams are working with longitudinal consultants to ensure that that longitudinal content gets incorporated and is sequenced appropriately. 
Um, and this work is really driven by the expected EPC presentation schedule. So if you're on a build team, just make sure your group is aware of what that timeline is. Um, an exciting update is that the clinical years teams, there's a third year team and a fourth year team, are really settling into their work in terms of the third year, and the fourth year is starting to take shape as well. Both longitudinal consultant groups, our benchmark longitudinal consultants and our biomedical consultants, have had entire podcasts dedicated to their work and their workflow. So we'll just take a moment here to say that these groups are actively creating syllabi for their content areas. They're sequencing the content. They're working with build teams in that bi-directional way um, to create learning activities for the topics um, and integrate the topics within the blocks. So going forward, um, I'm also excited to say that we're going to be recruiting for a biomedical integration team in the clinical years, much in the same way that we've had an early clinical build team working in the foundational phase. So stay tuned for that, particularly if that's an interest for you. As for the curriculum revolution leadership team outlined in orange in that org chart up there, um, this is a faculty, student, and project management group that meets twice a week. We've recently been working really hard on proposing a leadership model for the various segments of the curriculum, a curriculum oversight framework, meaning how the curriculum committees will be structured in the new curriculum, an accountability structure for educational outcomes, and we're continuing to provide strategic and organizational oversight for the Curriculum 2022 project on the whole. If you're listening to this podcast, you're already participating in one facet of this team's communication strategy, but we've worked hard to make sure that information is coming to you in a multimodal and multifaceted way. Um, that way you can select which mode is easiest for you to stay informed um, with all the options, including things like meetings, emailed newsletters, town halls, this podcast. Um, <clears throat> okay. Podcast topics so far have included discussion of our mission statement, which we're going to revisit in a minute, the longitudinal consultants, which um, again, I referenced above, the academic um, EHR, which is actually now called the EHR Classroom, narrative assessments in terms of LCME standards around narrative assessments. Um, there was a student panel on the use of outside resources. We've had a three-year program question and answer session. And we've also taken a look at another institution's curriculum, UMichigan, last week. Um, and so in case you haven't noticed, there's a link to collect your input about future topics for these podcasts and for our town halls. I really want you to think about what do you want to hear about? What do you need to hear about? And take 30 seconds to pop that into the link where you can leave that information. So finally, let's just take this opportunity to revisit our mission statement for the new curriculum as we close. I think it's important to keep this in our mind as we're doing the work of the project. But remember we said the mission of the University of Massachusetts uh, curriculum revolution is to develop a contemporary and innovative curriculum that promotes curiosity and inquiry, empowers learners, and enables future physician leaders to equitably and expertly care for diverse patient populations. So there are 10 design principles to keep in mind as you work through your piece of this project. These are available on that Curriculum Revolution public-facing website. It's also referenced um, within the SharePoint too. But the first one is attracting and supporting a diverse student body. Second is developing expertise and ability to apply our three pillars. Those are the biomedical, clinical, and health system science pillars. Third, fostering commitment to service and advocacy for patients and populations. Number four, applying modern educational practices and engaged pedagogy. 
Number five, promoting collaboration with peers, interprofessional colleagues, and faculty. Number six, addressing the impact of social determinants of health, racism, and bias on healthcare access and delivery. Number seven, leveraging technology to improve learning and the care of patients and populations. Eight, stimulating self-directed and self-informed learning and professional identity formation. Number nine, anticipating and adapting smoothly with the evolution of medicine and healthcare. And number 10, nurturing innovation, scholarship, and discovery in our learning environment. Finally, as outlined in those principles, we really want to develop a curriculum that's more innovative and nimble for ongoing change. As a bit of a teaser, we're going to dedicate a future podcast to a component of the curriculum, which we call Contemporary Conversations. And that will hopefully help you visualize how this sort of living curriculum might function and might quickly incorporate a contemporary or new topic. That's all for this week. I hope that caught everyone up a bit on the other aspects of the project um, that you're not necessarily steeped in day to day. Uh, So until next week, thanks so much for your attention.